0: We prayed, um, and uh, we uh, asked the Lord to lead and guide us by His Holy Spirit, that He would teach us. Verse 16 of chapter 4 is where we're going to pick up. Last week we talked about Cain and Abel, and there, uh, the uh, very uh, we did a pretty in-depth study on that, and uh, there, there were discussions. Uh, even after, um, you know, I was talking with Alan after, and we were talking about, you know, was it the type of offering, you know, a grain, a grain offering, an offering from from the ground was also acceptable to the Lord. So we were just talking, you know, about that. And there's a lot to dive in and, and uh, don't ever limit our, your study to what we just do in here. Read ahead for next week and read back and, you know, you're only going to grow from it. So uh, we had some some good conversation after it. And uh, this week, uh, we're picking up with the effect of what Cain did and how that affected him and affected his family so uh, Genesis chapter four verse sixteen says then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden on the east yeah on the east of Eden and Cain knew his wife and she conceived and bore Enoch and he built a city and named the name of and called the name of the city uh, after the name of his son e- Enoch Uh, to Enoch, was born Irad, and Irad begot Mahujael. Uh, Mahujael begot uh, Methushel, and uh, Methushel begot Lamech. Then Lamech uh, took for himself two wives. The name of one was Adah. The the name of the second was Zillah. And Adah bore Jabal. He was uh, the father of those who dwell in tents, and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of those who play the harp and the flute. And as for Zillah, she also bore Tubal Cain and uh, an instructor of every craftsman of bronze and iron, and the sister of Tubal Cain was Nama. So we just read uh those uh, verses sixteen through twenty two so we'll go we'll go look uh in depth at all of them uh as we go back to verse sixteen so verse sixteen says then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord that is the absolute scariest place to be is to be separated to not be in the presence of the lord um uh, when when we think of earth you know uh, you, you think of um, you know, Psalm uh, when it's when it's talking about, I think Psalm twenty three. You know, uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of darkness, uh, you, you're with me, and uh, your rod and your staff they comfort me. You know that you could walk through the valley of the shadow of death, um, and know that you know I'm not I'm not going to be scared. The Lord is with me. To be outside the presence of the Lord is the the worst spiritual place we can be, and oftentimes the worst physical place we can be. Uh, that's a that's a dangerous place to be for us to ever be outside the presence of the lord it's a bad thing so this is this is a very heavy statement so uh, Cain uh, went out from the presence of the lord and dwelt in the land of nod uh, nod the, the literal meaning uh, meaning of nod is wandering so when the lord out, uh, cast uh, Cain out from his presence he went to the land of the wandering uh, there's a lot of spiritual application there you know, to go from the presence of the Lord to wandering. Instead of being established and walking on God's path, he's now wandering. So being outside the presence uh, of the Lord to wandering, uh, that's that's a powerful effect that sin has on our life. There's that separation. When, when we've chosen sin over over walking with the Lord, when we've chosen disobeying God rather than to obey him, if you want to look at it that way. So we can't have a life of habitual sin and a life of, uh, you know, a blessed and rightly relationship with God at the same time. Because at one point, you know, if it's a half and half thing, God never said, you know, uh, love the Lord your God with half your heart, with half your soul, with half your mind and half your strength. Right. It's all all, you know, God, God is a jealous God. I I, we had some friends of ours that broke our hearts. We were very close with them uh, when we were overseas and. For them to come back and they experienced some uh, some hard times when they got back here and kind of kind of turned away from the Lord and just realized this thing again. Um, I keep forgetting it. And uh, at one point, uh, the wife uh, reached out to my wife and said, you know, I was watching on Oprah and uh, Oprah said that, um, that uh, she doesn't want to follow the God of the Bible because it says that God is jealous. And she doesn't jealous for our love. That that's what he's jealous for, you know. Just just like a husband or a wife would be jealous for the love of the spouse, you know, or me. I, I if my if my daughters, you know, claimed another as their father when I'm loving them and caring for them, and there's you know that's that's heartbreaking. That's the jealousy of the Lord. He wants our heart. He wants our worship. You know, he's the only one worthy of it. So, uh, you know, when we when we look at a situation like this and uh, we, we want the blessed, uh, the bless, uh, the blessings from the Lord, uh, we just need to follow. Him. You know, that doesn't mean just like we were singing, blessed be the name of the Lord. And that when we're singing that song, it doesn't mean that everything's always going to be rosy. And we're going to be so excited. I can't wait to go to church this morning. I hope that's our thing. But sometimes it's like I've got to drag my butt to church and I need to sit down and i need to learn and i need to lift my hands even though i don't want to remember david talking about you know praise the lord oh my soul that was a command he was telling his soul to praise god sometimes we don't want to you know we can't be led by our emotions can't let our emotions figure it out and 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 be what drive us no it's following the lord you know the to the when we when our focus turns from the lord and uh we just start you know maybe drifting. I remember Will sharing with us I don't know fifteen years ago and he said to drift from the Lord it doesn't take much. All you have to do is untie from the dock. You know, just untie and the tide's gonna take you out. And then you're away from the dock and you know, now you're in trouble. It doesn't take much just untying. You know, just cling to the Lord and, and forsake the sin. I, I don't want to be in a spot where I'm outside the presence of the Lord and I'm wandering. Those are those are bad places. So we're called to to uh, resist and and confess and, and forsake sin and not choose it over our relationship with the Lord. the uh, the wrong choice when we make the choice to follow our own will and our own desires over the Word of God uh, will always put us in a in a spot of uh, that that's not good for us. We're going to be we may find ourselves completely wandering uh, spiritually. You know, someone who is, is in a backslidden state. Of, of, you know what, I was once here and I was walking with the Lord and we're supposed to be constantly progressing closer to the Lord. And when we're stagnant or we're falling back, we're in a back, backslidden state. And uh, that's not where we want to be. So uh, we find ourselves outside the presence of the Lord. We, we Now, the presence of the Lord is a good thing. Uh, that's that's where we want to be. So we see that Cain, the effect of his sin was that he was cast out from the presence of the Lord, uh, and he went into the land of wandering. Remember Jonah. Jonah tried to run from, if you go to Jonah, read in chapter 1, verse 3, it says that that Jonah was trying to run from the presence of God. You know, that's just funny in and of itself. To me, what I get a mindset of is, um, you know, watching a 18-month-old baby trying to outrun mom or dad. You know, just... You know, just those little steps, and it's it's funny. You know that it's all for naught. They're not going to get away. But but that that Jonah was trying to to you know get away from the Lord. He uh, he didn't want to fulfill the ministry that that God had for him. He didn't want uh, to see the Assyrians saved. He didn't want to go to Nineveh and, pray, and preach because remember at the end of the book he's basically calling God out, saying, "I knew you were gracious. I knew they would turn, and I didn't want that for him. I, he wanted." them to be destroyed. And the Lord deals with Jonah's heart. Jonah had such such hatred filled in his heart and, and, and no grace and mercy in his heart that the Lord's saying, how, do you know how many people are there who don't know their left hand from their right and you want them destroyed? You know, so that that heart that we would choose sin over God and and find ourselves outside the presence of the Lord, or trying to run from the will of God, where we're trying to run from God's presence. Either way is foolishness. And it, it, I mean, look what happened to Jonah. None of us want to be swallowed by a great fish and spit out on the on the you know the beach there, and everybody looks at us like, "Whoa, that dude just came out of a fish." You know, he's all bleached and looking weird and everything. It's happened. It has happened. I think it was in the 40s or 50s somebody got eaten by a whale or something and bleached and everything it, it has happened and uh, obviously it's happened here but it's happened even you know uh, within the last century just to just to look back so uh no doubt uh, whatever he had to say but he's like oh, this is a guy that came out of the fish we're, we're gonna listen to this guy you know but the lord you know he Uh, So to be cast away from the Lord or try to run from the Lord's presence either way is absolute foolishness It's it's folly. It's the wrong thing for us You know when we know the Lord's calling us in this direction just go You know because whatever sin is lying to us over here that no this is really what's going to be fulfilling to you and everything Nope, whatever the Lord and that over there might be a hard road to follow But God's not going to forsake us just take the road He calls us to. I can tell you, you know, when it comes to uh, the gravity of ministry, you know, there are times where you, you you may look and go, "Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing?" Uh, am I, you know? And I've I've seen people try to get out of ministry because, oh, wait a minute, th- this might be hard and everything. And and no, that's it's clearly where the Lord is calling you. Uh, you know, it just you have to have the resolve. And say no, the Lord called me. I have it right here, uh, written down in a in a, uh, a journal that I take, or I remember the Lord spoke to me in uh, through these uh, verses or this passage or whatever it is. Just to seek the Lord and follow Him, no matter what He's calling us to do, and He's gonna bless us. That song, I, I didn't put the, I didn't like grab these songs. And put them together and go, Oh, hey, this is gonna go cool with it. If you say go, we will go. If you call us to the fire, we'll not withdraw you will not withdraw your hand, we'll gaze into the flames and look for you. Remember the book of Daniel, right? So there's all those things there. We don't we don't know what the outcome is gonna be, but God calls us to, to follow him in faith when we can't see. So we talk, we've already discussed this. Uh, you know, never a good place to be spiritually outside the Lord and uh, away from the Lord's presence. Uh, think of uh, just back to Genesis three, and uh, the parents. You know, their parents were in with the presence of the Lord and cast out. You know, they were they would spend time and uh, they were used to the Lord coming. So when when the Lord would come, he, they weren't hiding themselves. After they sinned, they hid themselves, didn't they? You know, and they got and and look at the downward spiral, the spiral that's happened in mankind since. You know, their own two sons, one of them killed the other son. It didn't take long. That down, that spiral, that was just right off the cliff, and just one of them ends up killing the other. You know, uh, it's just a downward spiral. Seems true for our own lives. You know, we we have a sinful nature. Uh, we inherited that when we were born every one of us born a sinner need to be saved and uh it's it's same same true for our life if we want to you know go down that road we can go down the hard road and uh just please take uh, take my word for it anybody who's been redeemed you know uh for us we're here on a Wednesday night you know hopefully we've all made that choice and we're not going back but we can have these these words to share with somebody else. hey you know I have a loved one brother sister whoever it is Ah, uh, somebody at work. Whatever that we would share it, you know, friends at school, people that we know, whatever it is, being able to share. No, that's really not the way you want to go. It's not where you want to go. So, it, unfortunately, it, unfortunately, it is a, a pattern, you know, for Israel, for mankind, and uh, it, it, when we think of the grace of the Lord and uh, how uh, long-suffering and how patient He is with us, even though we're so. Uh, rebellious towards him. Second Kings uh, 13, verse 23 says, but the Lord was gracious to them. He's the rebellious Israel. Uh, so you're reading through the kings. You're going to see this king was, you know, this king took over when they were this age and they did uh, evil in the sight of the Lord, or they did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And we see those things. So it's kind of right in the middle of those. Second Kings 13, verse 23 says, but the Lord was gracious to them, had compassion on, uh, on them and regarded them, because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and would not yet destroy or cast them from his presence speaking of Israel because they kept doing idol- uh, 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 idolatrous things uh, and uh, just offending the Lord so they kept choosing false gods over the Lord and continuing 2 Kings 24:20 20, so we just we just read that his grace and compassion uh, he had grace and compassion on them. And because of the promise that he made to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, that he would not yet destroy them or cast them from his presence. Second Kings twenty four twenty 20 says for, because of the anger of the Lord, this happened, which Babylon taking uh, Israel captive uh, in Jerusalem and Judah, uh, that he finally cast them out from his presence. Then Zedekiah rebelled against the King of Babylon. So he finally cast them out. So you, just reading through, if you just pick up and you read in, in Samuel, you're in Kings, you're in Chronicles, and it just, things are a mess. Judges. You know, the book of Judges, it has to end saying, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. So when you read Judges and you're like, oh, why would God, why would God, why would God, you know, you're, you're thinking of these, these uh, things that people did to each other, and it, was, it wasn't God. It was sinful man doing that to sinful man because they were all doing what was right in their own eyes. Rather, rather than what was right in the Lord's eyes. So we finally cast them out. Psalm 85, 15 uh, says this, but you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. That's the Lord's heart, is even though uh, somebody like Cain uh, made the choice uh, to follow sin, even though the Lord warned him, remember? The Lord said, hey, sin's sitting at your door. It's, it's right there. And you have the power. You should rule over it. But he chose to follow it and let sin take over rather than uh, the word of the Lord. And what did, that, what did that do for him? But God is so gracious. Uh, we, we read that in Second Kings, uh, that uh, verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 23, that he's gracious to them and had compassion on them. And then we'll read here in Psalm 8, uh, 86, verse 15, it says that God is full of compassion and grace, gracious and long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. You know, it's... It's so much better for us to repent, humble ourselves, and, and turn back to the Lord and ask forgiveness to be restored uh, rather than to rebel and be cast away from his presence. So much better. And he's, he's there to forgive. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? We may still face the, uh, the uh, consequences of what we did. Think of something in the law. You know, if we broke the law, we did something uh, that uh, now we have to go to court for. We may end up uh, still having to, I don't know, do jail time or, you know, whatever it is. I say we, hopefully not us, the church that have been redeemed and have the Lord. But as I, when I say we, I just mean mankind in general. Uh, that uh, should there be uh, that type of situation may still face the consequences. But are we forgiven of the Lord? Absolutely. We go to the Lord and ask forgiveness. He gives us the forgiveness that we're asking for. I wanted to share something. I don't often quote the King James, but it sounds so much cooler this way. So I I kept this here. Um, uh, Psalm 51, uh, verses 11 through 13. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me uh, with thy free spirit. Then I will teach transgressors thy way and sinners shall be converted to thee. So it's David pouring out his heart in Psalm 51. Don't, don't cast me away from your presence. You know, this whole thing, we're talking about the presence of the Lord, whether we remain in his presence or we're cast out or trying to run from his presence. But the best place to be is what what David is begging for. Don't cast me away. You know, David, when, when he's writing uh, this, that's pretty heavy on his heart, what he just did. You know, murder? okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send Uriah out to the battlefield, and I'm gonna steal his wife because I already, uh, I already slept with her and she's pregnant, and now I gotta cover it up. David had a lot to deal with, you know. And what he says is, "Don't cast me out of your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by thy free Spirit." Then, listen to the response to this. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Once we've been saved and we've been restored, remember Peter? Peter denying the Lord three times. The Lord restored him three times. And then look what the Lord did through, through Peter in his life when you read the, the epistles that he wrote. When you read the book of Acts and you see how powerfully God not only restored him but used him so powerfully. People were, were they, they just like desperate to get in front of Peter because they knew that God was working through him and they could be healed. You know, the Lord is so, so faithful to restore us. But when he does, we're supposed to use that, you know, I've been restored. I've been forgiven. And we go and tell, uh, just like David said, Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. So we've covered one verse. Verse 17, uh, And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore, bore Enoch. So uh, the question uh, that's popular is where did, where did Cain's wife come from? You know, somebody may come up and say, well, where did Cain's wife come from? Because all, the only thing that we can see in the scripture is that they had uh, Cain and Abel. So it wasn't just Cain and Abel and nobody else. Uh, the, Adam and Eve had several children. Um, some scholars uh, say that uh, that they may have had 33 sons and 27 daughters. Uh, so there, there are a lot, there are a lot of children, you know, he, he ended up being 930 or 950 years old. Um, Adam, sorry, there's a lot of 900s and we're going to talk about, uh, ages here in, in just a little bit. Um, so the question is where did, where did Cain's wife come from? Uh, in short, it was either his sister, his niece or his great niece. And, uh, we don't, uh, we don't, when you're well, let's go back and put the ages together. You know, we don't know how old everybody was or the time that had elapsed, but uh, uh, some say is about 130 years from when Adam was created to uh, when Cain killed Abel. So 130 years is a long time to have kids. Just because their names aren't listed in here doesn't mean that they, they didn't exist. Uh, oftentimes we know that Jesus had brothers and sisters. We don't know their names. We know James. You know, but I mean, it's like... The, we don't know how many. We don't know all those things. It's because the ones that are in here pertain to uh, biblical history that we need to know. So uh, as as we're going through there. So in short, that it's it's either his sister, his niece, or his great niece. Um, but we, like I said, we know that they had more children, and when we get into the next chapter, we'll see that. Um, so the other names aren't included. Like I said, it doesn't it doesn't mean they don't exist. So it's important for us to remember that. So um, until a certain point, uh, there was really no way to avoid a relationship with someone you're not related to. You know, had to be enough people on the earth, um, immediate family. In Leviticus chapter 18, God forbids a sexual relationship with immediate family. So that was that was two. Uh, be discontinued at, at a point so uh, I'm going to share so, uh, just a, a quick paragraph that I, I found in study. It says human genetic code has become increasingly polluted over the centuries as genetic defects are multiplied, amplified and passed down from generation to generation Adam and Eve did not have genetic defects and that enabled them for the first few generations of their descendants to have far greater quality of health than we do now. Adam and Eve's children um, had few, if any, defect, uh, gen- genetic defects. Uh, as a result, it was safe for them to intermarry. So uh, Henry Morris, uh, he was he's been called the father of modern uh, creation science by many, established that there uh, might have been millions of people on the Earth by this time, just as the the time spreads out. Uh, so some say there might have been as many. Uh, this is fast forwarding a little bit as many as 7 billion people on the earth at the time of the flood these people that have done these in-depth studies of of genesis uh they're writing books whole books and volumes of books on the book of genesis and adding these numbers up okay this this person lived 900 years and and they're spreading out and as they're spreading out uh, when i saw that 7 billion people that's quite an amount i don't know we know that there were a lot of people. Uh, that's by the time of the flood. So, you know, when, when we're considering that this isn't like, oh, hey, in one chapter, there's automatically seven billion people. But over time, they just kept, they just be fruitful and multiply. And they did. So where we find ourselves in the study. Now, verse 17, it says Enoch. Uh, this probably isn't the Enoch that, that you're thinking that comes to mind. He comes later in Genesis chapter five. Um, so that's just a, a heads up on that. So uh, there are at least four other Enochs in the scripture. So uh, when you see Enoch. Uh, now, uh, as we get into the later verses that we read, uh, verses 20, 21, and 22, we see the, the three brothers, Jabal, Jubal, and Tubal. Uh, they uh, Can you imagine when somebody called the house and, you know, I, my brother's name is Sean, right? <laughs> so imagine if they had a phone in the house and, and uh, you know, somebody answers the phone and and my name is John and we hear, yeah like i've shared with you though um my family often called me john paul that's my middle name so uh if they didn't say john paul and they just said and i'd hear on you didn't know if it was sean or john and we'd go get the phone we were talking earlier about the 80s and stuff you know the big long cord that you know unraveled and when the phone rang you had to like freak out and get to it because if you missed it you don't know who called you know it just it was a whole different world wasn't it right so, so when uh, somebody called or whatever,, you know, so so uh, Jabal, Jubal, and Tubal Cain. Uh, so Jabal, uh, the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock, so uh, agriculture. Jubal, the father of musicians, uh, the father of those who uh, played the harp and the, uh, the flute. Uh, Tubal Cain was an instructor of craftsmen, bronze and iron. So it's just neat to see that the industry was starting. All the way back in the beginning of Genesis with with Syria, you know, bronze and iron and and uh, they're putting things together and they're doing whatever they need to do. But flutes and harps, uh, they they were making those intelligent beings. You know, when you look back and they, they try to describe human history to us and say that we came from caves and and all this stuff, it's foolish. These guys are making harps and flutes. That get in tune, you know, I grab that guitar and I've got a string on there. Harps have strings on them and they're all, each string is tuned differently, right? And uh, same thing with a piano. Each key has a different, uh, is a different note to it. You know, that, uh, this is all the way back to Balcane and, and his brother, not to Balcane. Uh, uh, well, it, he, he and Jubal probably had a, a pretty good relationship. He's like, hey, this guy can, you know, he does all the metallurgy. He's going to be my buddy right uh, anybody who knows that they can barter for things i'm sure these guys uh made some deals sometimes so he could you know have, make a, you know a new flute for christmas or something i don't know but uh these guys uh they have many gifts and uh as we're seeing here uh their comp their gifts complemented one another there's no there's no doubt that they were helping each other out with stuff you know as as brothers you know they're doing these things and hey you know what I, I gotta go i gotta go to two balls house and you know get his hammer or whatever and you know they're they're helping each other with stuff and that's that's an important thing uh that that our gifts uh will complement one another so one thing as i'm reading this one thing that jumped out to me is that god's grace uh on these fallen individuals um uh and he still used them. you know they're 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 sinners and just like us we're sinners but god still gives us gifts he still gives us gifts of you know, carpentry or uh, you know he'll he'll whatever it is, hospitality, right? You, you know, all these gifts that he gives us because of his grace and mercy. And he uses us. He's so great. It's awesome. Genesis chapter 4, verse 23. Then Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, wives of Lamech, guys. I'm probably not gonna to walk to my wife and say, "Hear my voice, oh Jennifer, wife of John." You know, she's probably gonna look at me and go, "Okay, <laughs> what, where did you fall down and bump your head outside?" You know, she's an awesome wife and and uh, is the the perfect one to be at my side for uh, this this every day of my life. But if I probably if I if I talk to her like I'm, you know, her king or something, probably. What are you doing? You know, so that's just a funny thing. Adon Zillah, hear my voice, wives of Lamech, listen to my speech, uh, for I have killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, then Lamech seventy-sevenfold. Uh, another murder, another, well, another killing. You know, it might have been self-defense, whatever. What well, he says it's self-defense, but here we go. It didn't. It just doesn't take long. For mankind just to be completely out of control, right? I just remember, um, I, re- I remember meeting some uh, some kids when I was in, in high school, and I was not walking with the Lord. But um, there were some times that they, uh, you know, they had loving parents that loved them, sent them Christian school, and taught them the ways of the Lord. And when they got old enough, boom, gone, right off in the world, and total. Chaos in their lives total mess and I I, I I I still see them sometimes and I'm like Life has been rough on you. It's been rough. They've gone down that rough road Oh, man, we we uh, this this sinful mankind, you know, here's another one He's already he's killed somebody. So let's look at Lamech a little bit. First of all elephant in the room He has multiple wives you know, so he's got multiple wives. Deuteronomy 17, God said that kings should not multiply wives to themselves. And you know, we can look in the scripture and know there are many examples of men that took uh, multiple wives and there was always uh, conflict in the home. There was always heartbreak uh, in one wife and the other one is just turning the knife and torturing the other one, right? How many times do we see those things? happening just that fighting or fighting amongst the children remember abraham uh you know where he's he's got uh you know his um the the son that was born uh, ishmael that was that was born uh with the maidservant of his of uh his wife's name's escaping me right now um somebody just said it sarah thank you yeah um sarah and uh you know he heeds the voice of his wife right uh, and they have Ishmael, and then when Isaac is born, then you know Ishmael's making fun of Isaac, and then, then he's got to cast out uh, the the handmaiden and uh, and Ishmael, and look at the world now, right? Edom, and it grew into that that whole Arab world, and they hate they still hate each other to this day. Just total chaos, total chaos because of man's stupid decisions. First Timothy three and Tim and Titus one six. It mentions a leader within the church should be the husband of one wife. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, we just read it a few weeks ago. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Singular. They. Wife. Husband. Otherwise, it's a mess. So... I just wanted to speak to that. Didn't want to just read it and go, "Hey, you know, that's uh, uh, the the, the uh, polygamy is a messed up thing." So Lemma killed a young man for wounding him. Uh, we don't know anything about it, why it happened, but this uh, uh, this guy obviously didn't didn't learn from his family history and, and um, you know ends up killing the guy. And uh, we but we don't know what it was. But here we are. You know, it's another another death, and uh, makes me think of you know an eye for an eye. Uh, being established later on but that was that was to limit i I just in a conversation uh with a family member this week and they're like an eye for an eye that doesn't mean like he took out my own eye i'm gonna go take his eye now i have to because it says so in the bible no that was the limit of what you could do right if they if they i don't know uh, shot your eye out or something then you know, you couldn't go any further than that. It's not like, you know, you took my eye out. Now I'm going to kill you and you know take out your family. No, it's it's there was a limitation uh, for what could happen. The mess continues is what we're seeing here. So verse 25 represents a shift, and uh, as we get into it, and now focusing on the lineage of Seth and Noah. So verse 25 of uh, Genesis 4 says, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son, and named him Seth. And then this is her speaking. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, uh, whom Cain killed. And as for Seth, uh, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Uh, uh, Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. So Seth. Uh, The name means uh, appointed or set in place of and Eve considers him to be the replacement uh, from the Lord for losing Abel uh, when Cain killed him. Remember uh, in Genesis 3 that the Lord said that there would be a seed that came from her that would crush the serpent's head. So when she says this uh you know for God appointed another seed that's what he that's what is being uh that's what we're looking at that's what we need to understand so uh understanding how important Seth is is that Jesus came from the lineage of Seth so when you look all the way through and all the way back uh, you'll see that Jesus came from that line so it's it's pretty pretty interesting to see how the Lord uh, work that all out. So out of an extreme uh, tragedy and, and heartbreak, God still shows his plan to rebuild uh, in the middle of, of brokenness. It's just such a blessing to look at. So uh, it says in verse 26, uh, at the end of it says, Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. So even in those wicked days, uh, the worship of God uh, was not, it wasn't unknown. Some have called uh, this specific passage where we're reading the first revival. And, uh, because it was the first indication of a, a spiritual resurgence, uh, after a clear decline, it's, it's, it's clear, you know, uh, Cain killed Abel, everybody's sp- spreading out. Lamech says, Hey, you know, I just killed somebody. If anybody takes, uh, you know, any uh, wants to come after me for any retribution, you know, it'll be restored to them, 77 uh, fold. And, uh, that's, it's just a, it's just a mess, uh, for what we're seeing here. So I, you know, I. As I as I read that verse, then men began to call. Men began to call on the name of the Lord. It makes me wonder, you know, were there some long talks around the campfire, tear tear filled, you know, conversations? of it it never used to be like this, it never used to be this bad. You know, just when you read that verse, go home and meditate on it. You know, then men began to call on the name of the Lord, and you think back of what has happened. You know, Adam and Eve got kicked out of uh the, the the garden of Eden and and now all the all the work is hard and off the sweat of your brow and the, and the blood and the tears and everything and and then uh, their sons one murders the other and now they don't have Abel and they don't have Cain around for any any special event they can't go visit Cain cuz he's off in the land of wandering you know it's just a mess and they're having kids and more, you know, kids are being born and and, and families are growing, all these things. And Lamech uh, kills this other guy. And it, it's, just a, it's just a mess. I have to believe that there were some tearful conversations. And looking at verse 20, we don't have a whole lot of context here. But when we look at it, it says, then men began to call on the name of the Lord. You know, they hadn't forgotten the Lord, but they knew Uh, that that through all the stories that have been told over the years, that there was a God and that they wanted to call on his name. Genesis 5. Genesis 5, so what we're looking at is a genealogy that's also found in Luke 3. So a genealogy uh, to Noah is what we're going through. So we're going to go all the way from Adam to Noah and when you get to Luke chapter three, you can read it all tonight, right? Yeah. Um, but when if if you were to turn to Luke chapter three and you get, to, I think it's verses thirty six and th- uh, through thirty eight, the same names are in there. So this it's not ha- like people people will uh, you know a critic of the scripture will say, oh, this was just put together by a bunch of men who wanted to control people. Well, how do you explain thousands and thousands and thousands of years? You know, when you're going back, you know, uh, you know, okay, the earth is what six thousand years, so. Um, when you're going back over all these generations and everything, these scriptures were written so much you know, earlier than the life of Jesus. You know, four thousand years is, is what's being covered in roughly four, you know, four or five thousand years, or six, right, roughly six thousand years, so four thousand years or so. And these things line up with the New Testament, and it goes. They go all in, in Israel. Everything was lineage, right? Who whose lineage are you from? Who's leading you? Who, who are you? It, it, you know, my last name is Seer, John Sear. You know, so everybody who's from Bucksport, no, okay, are you from, you know, you'll see the bus line, Sear bus line rolling around, not related to any, even though we're both John Sear. And I've always joked uh, over the years when people ask me, hey, you were, really? I'm like, no, they can incorporate me if they want, pay my mortgage or whatever. But, you know, I, I uh, but we're, you know, John Sear and they'll say, oh, well, who, who's, who's your father? Oh, Jerry. Uh, from Oh, I know Jerry and Peggy, right? Peggy's your mom? Yeah. You know, they, they know me because of my, my last name, and then they are connected. In Israel, everything was your lineage. Everything. Are you of the tribe of Benjamin? Are you a Levite? Are you, you know, any, any of those things. So extremely important here. So when we see here the genealogy of Noah and that, that when you look back at, at the, uh, the genealogy of Christ, and uh, the, sorry, the lineage of, of Noah and the genealogy of Christ. And when you read in Luke three and, and you're, the same names that we're going to read here, God had a plan all the way back in Genesis, that it, just like he said he did. And then we even have the names to tie to it. You know, it, when we have those who, who will mock our faith or or say, oh, the Bible, it's just a bunch of people who got together and wrote things so that they control control people. Okay, it doesn't make any sense because they, they themselves were in submission to the Lord. So don't get me on that, um, that soapbox. So Genesis chapter 5, verse 1. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. And the day that God created Adam, he made him in the likeness of God. So uh, we read back in Genesis uh, Genesis 1 and 2, we're going through the creation account, that God created a man in his image, and God made Adam from the dust of the earth, and he made Eve from Adam. So and he blessed them and he told them, be fruitful and multiply, and gave them dominion over all of creation. So we, as we're looking at verse 1 and 2, God uh, created Man in his own image. Verse 3 says, And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. After he begot Seth, the days of Adam were 800, 800 years and he had sons and daughters. So all the days that Adam lived were 930 years. I was looking for that number, 930 years, and he died. The meaning of Adam's name is man. So uh, God made Adam in his likeness, and after the fall, man produces man in his own sinful likeness. So we see what's happening here, um, how things are are falling apart, and after his own image. So he named uh, his son Seth. And uh Seth's name means appointed. we already talked about that briefly uh, before. so Adam lived 930 years. so here's a topic to discuss and you know a scoffer uh, may look at this and say 930 years yeah Methuselah is even 39 years older than that 969. You know, the, the gene, we already talked a little bit about the gene pool was not polluted as it was uh, even uh, today. So disease hadn't spread through uh, throughout uh, mankind. In this chapter, no one uh, lived beyond 365 years. And that was Enoch, who was uh, a special case, and we'll talk about that when we get there. Methuselah uh, lived until he was 969 years old. So several explanations of these long lifespans have been offered. And the best ones uh, that I've I've always found uh, have just talked about uh, the gene pool, the the word is escaping me, the water canopy that the earth had over it that we discussed when we were looking at Genesis chapter 1. Those things uh, that after the flood, when those things were because it, it never rained. Remember, the mist came up from the ground. Uh, and when it rained, it rained and rained and rained, and uh, and then things changed. And man's uh, man's ages and the, the the time that they they lived, and then the Lord got to one point, and He said, "How long shall I strive with man? His his days are going to be 120 years." And uh, so we we see that that changes. Uh, a couple of things: uh, one from Pastor David Guzik, and the other from Spurgeon. Uh, David Guzik says uh, the degenerative effects of the fall of man uh, of human sorry I'm going to start back the d- degenerative effects of the fall of the human gene-, gene pool had not yet accumulated greatly and because of the environment in the pre-flood world was so different with the blanket of water vapor surrounding the earth in the post-flood world lifespans quickly came down to the lifespan uh, we are familiar with today. So that's uh, David Gusick, a um, uh, great Bible scholar, uh, from Spurgeon. his says, Enoch's life uh, had no—this uh, was a, a neat quote that he had about Enoch. And you know what? We're going to uh, push that out because we haven't really studied Enoch, but I'll, I'll share it now so I don't forget about it. Enoch's life had no adventures listed or anything, um, and uh, we know they lived 365 years. It's, it had, had no adventure uh, enough uh, for a man to walk. I need to go back. Enoch's life um, has had uh, no adventure, adventures, is what he's saying here. And he says, is it not adventure enough to walk with God? Uh, what ambition uh, can crave a nobler existence than abiding in fellowship with the eternal? So when we get to Enoch and we see that, that his life is just listed and he lasted 365 years, it's important to understand that the life he lived, he lived walking with the Lord. So Adam dies uh, at 930 years old, and perhaps uh, the first natural death that we can, that we can read of, uh, the other ones were uh, murders or self-defense, um, uh, some sort of killing in self-defense. So uh, we don't know when Eve passed away, but we can assume it was somewhere near the time of Noah. Uh, we can't be sure. So as we're reading through chapter 5, and I'm going to speed it up a little bit. We have about 20 minutes. Uh, it says, and he died is listed eight times. Uh, in here. So we all die. Uh, It's what we do after this life and and where we end up after this life is what matters. It's who we know uh, that determines where we go eternally, right? I'm going to share two verses with you. Romans chapter five, verse 14 says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him, Jesus, who was to come. Romans 5, 17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace uh, and the gift of righteousness will reign in the life of one, Jesus Christ. So we see from Adam death reigned. Death reigned. So as we're reading through here, this person was born, they lived this long and died. And that, that death, physical death came because as a result of Adam and Eve's sin in the Garden of Eden death reigned but it's great to look at the, the at, at Romans and understand that where death did at one point reigned uh, and then life comes so death came through one and life comes through one Adam and Jesus Christ Genesis chapter 5 verses uh, verse 6 did we get that far we didn't um, did I read three through five I did yeah verse 6. Seth Seth lived 105 years and begot Enosh. Uh, After he begot Enosh, Seth lived 807 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. So Seth, the name uh, appointed, the one uh, the Messiah would come through, uh, lived 912 years. Genesis chapter 5, verse 9. So Enosh lived 90 years and begot Canaan. After he begot Canaan, Enosh lived 815 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enosh were 905 years and he died. The name of of Enosh uh, meant mortal. So he lived 905 years. I'm giving you the names because I want to present something to you at the end of it uh, that uh, Pastor Joe Fo shared that was powerful. So we're going to tie all these names together here soon. Uh, Genesis chapter 5, uh, verse uh, 12, it says Canaan lived 70 years and begot Mahalalel. Uh, after Mahalalel, sorry, Mahalalel. Uh, after he begot Mahalalel, Canaan lived 840 years, and his son and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died. Canaan's uh, name meant sorrow or take a position. So we'll, we'll for for this specific one, we'll look at sorrow. Uh, there are different arguments uh, for people who, as they were. Um, uh, doing translations of, of names. Genesis 5, 7, uh, 5, verse 15 and 17 says, Mahalalel lived 65 years and begot Jared. After he begot Jared, Mahalalel uh, lived 830 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years and he died. So the name the meaning of his name was uh, blessed God or pra- praise uh, praise God. Genesis, okay, verses 18 and uh, through 20 says, Jared lived 162 years and begot Enoch. And after he begot Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. So Jared's name, uh, the meaning of his name was come down. Verses 24, uh, 21 through 24, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with the Lord 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So we saw that all the other ones are listed. They lived this long, and they died. Different for Enoch. 365 years, the difference with him is that he had a, a profound relationship with the Lord. Enoch walked with the Lord, and he was not. He walked with the Lord. His meaning, the name, uh, his name means uh, teaching or, or dedicated, but uh, a teaching. Um, 365 years, and God took him. Now, uh, what a great thing! You know, if you want to have a, a uh, obviously Enoch wouldn't have one because God took him, but a gravestone. You want you want something listed about you on your gravestone that he walked with the Lord, or she walked with the Lord, and the, and the Lord took them. You know, that's, that's an awesome summary of any Christian's life that we walked with the Lord. You know, I've seen some pretty cool gravestones and I, I took pictures. I'm not remembering them, but they like, you know, he, he loved God and he loved his family, you know, and uh, just like, man, you know, all right. All right. I, I take that one. That's a, that's a great one, you know? And, uh, but obviously Enoch didn't need one cause the Lord took him, but, uh, that's, that's a great one to have. And, um, So we don't know a lot about him, but what we do know is that he walked faithfully with the Lord, and the Lord took him away. Uh, It might make you think of Elijah. when uh, The chariot of fire came down and took Elijah away. So the two people that uh, never experienced death, you know, uh, as we're looking at these two, Enoch and Elijah. So Elijah walked with God, and and, and, um, walking with God means walking by faith and uh, walking in the light and walking in agreement with God. After walking like this with God, um, as if it was you know uh, you know one day when God told Enoch uh, you know you don't need to walk uh, well, I like this you don't need to walk home uh, why don't you just come home with me you know that's just when I read a pastor wrote that uh, that you know maybe maybe it was you know God said you don't have to go home just just come with me and the Lord took him I don't know that's speculation but uh, Hebrews eleven five says by faith Enoch was. Uh, taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So Enoch was different because his focus was pleasing God and loving the Lord and walking with the Lord. Jude chapter 1 verse 14 says that Enoch was a prophet. So, uh, you know, maybe, you know, Jude is a, it's one chapter and uh, verse 14 lists Uh, Enoch in there as a prophet all the way back into Genesis. So uh, this is going to come into play because he named his son Methuselah. Then we're going to get into that here right now. Methuselah lived 187 years and begot Lamech. After he begot Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he lived. Methuselah's Uh, Meaning of his name, listen to this. When he is dead, it shall come. Enoch was a prophet, and he named his son Methuselah. When he is dead, it shall come. After Methuselah died, the flood came. Isn't that awesome? Just reading, like, the majesty of God. They lived longer than anybody in the history of the world. So after Methuselah died, the flood came. You know, uh, as we're tying these th- these two things together, uh, you know, if in fact uh, his name was a prophecy of God, you know, destroying uh, of God destroying the earth with the flood, uh, he did it after the man that lived uh, the longest died. God, I've said this several times. You know, God is not willing that any should perish. That, but that all should come to repentance, right? God takes, and then we another verse that we looked at recently is, God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. You know, that, that God would say, okay, at the end of this man's life, 969 years, at the end of his life, the flood is going to come. Genesis 5, 20, uh, uh, five twenty-eight verse 32 says, this: Islamic lived uh, 182 years and had a son, and he called his son, uh, called his name Noah, saying, "This one will comfort us concerning our work and our toils of our the toil of our hands, because of the ground which the Lord has cursed." After he begot Noah, Lamech lived five hundred ninety-five years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Lamech were seven hundred and seventy-seven years, and he died. And Noah was five hundred years old, and Noah begot Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And uh, we're going to get into a lot more into Noah and his sons here when we get into chapter 6 next week. So, Lamech, the name of his uh, his name meant afflicted. Uh, some will translate it as powerful, um, but uh, listening to Joe Foch, what, what, the way he was teaching it was um, as he's doing his own study, came up with afflicted. And uh, the name of Noah uh, means comfort. So, I, I, I mentioned uh, Luke chapter 3, and I think that you might have the verses up here. Do we have Luke 3 up here? Uh, yes. So all these names, the, the son of Canaan, the son of uh, ax, ax Okay, I, I went too far with that. Um, uh, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, Enoch, Jared, Mahalalel, Canaan, Enosh, Seth, Adam, the son of God. They're all there in, in, in Luke chapter 3, all the way from Genesis. So when we're going through and we just read uh, the, the genealogy that comes uh, of Adam, that comes from uh, verse 1 all the way to Noah, it's because we need to know those names. And they were written there. And for thousands of years, people didn't understand why. And then when Jesus is born, he's tied right to that same genealogy. It's, it's, it, God is amazing. I mentioned it on uh, Sunday, I think it was Sunday night, the the pastor that said that the, the church needs to unhitch from the Old Testament. How? How? It's incomplete. It'd be like a person trying to walk around and operate without lungs or heart or blood. You know, something absolutely vital to us that makes everything work. It's It's foolishness. Nothing would operate as it should and it doesn't make any sense. So from the beginning... Uh, all throughout the middle and the end of this book, the the whole scripture, they all point to Jesus. The here we are reading lineage, uh, the genealogy that came from Adam, and it's that same genealogy that's listed in Luke chapter 3. When you look there near the end of that genealogy. It's not a coincidence. God's the mathur, ma- mathur, master, author. <clears throat> I'm so tongue-tied tonight, I don't even... I, maybe I'm just tired. I don't know. Um, so anybody wants to be inspired as an author, read the Bible and, and just look at the author of what he wrote. When you're trying to tie things together and, and make a cool story, there's never a cooler story than what's here. Let's talk about the names. And this is, uh, this is really the end of, uh, of our discussions uh, tonight. So the names, when they come together, when you put all these names together, uh, Joe Foch was citing another pastor that, that did this study, and it was amazing. So Adam, Seth, Enosh, Canaan, Mahalalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, Adam, man, Seth, appointed, Enosh, mortal, Canaan, sorrow, Mahalalel, to bless God. Jared, come down, Enoch, teaching, Methuselah, his death shall bring, or... When uh, he is dead, it shall come, but his death shall bring Lamech, afflicted, Noah, comfort. When you put all those together, this pastor presented this. All these names, the meanings of them, man appointed to mortal sorrow, but the blessed God will come down teaching that his death shall bring the afflicted comfort. When you put all those names together, just uh, I, I like it and I wanted to share it. You know, do your own study. You know, I, I trust somebody like Joe Foch. He's, he's been teaching the Bible for I don't know how many years. But when he's doing his own study and he comes up with that, I'm going to read it again. Man appointed to mortal sorrow, but the blessed God will come down teaching that his death shall bring the afflicted comfort. Just really cool. All the way, just reading, just these names, the is of the names. Now, I remember years ago, Bible Code came out. And, uh, there, there are some weird things that some people have come up with to make names for themselves. Be careful. I I trust somebody, uh, like a guy named, uh, like a guy like Joe Foch. And, and some of these pastors that I know don't have the selfish ambition. Hey, I'm going to write a book now. <laughs> I'm going to sell a book, and I'm going to buy all the copies, and then we're going to be a New York Times bestseller because I bought uh, however many copies you need to sell. Then I'm going to resell them. Right? Will's talk to us about how that all works. So uh, there's 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 a lot here that we just looked at. Uh, I like that that tag at the end of it of what their names meant. Uh, there's there's a lot for us to to take with us and and enjoy here, but. Um, you know, there's uh, there's a lot here. Um, the uh, I have some more uh, stuff. Uh, regarding. I'm not going to read to you a half a page of what I found uh, regarding the ages. I think I highlighted everything. Uh, but essentially what it's talking about is after the fall and uh, after the flood, that uh, man's bodies just uh, were, as they regenerate, it's just as uh, we are, um, you know, God said, when you eat of this, you shall die. And uh, we just don't live as long. And then we no longer have uh, the block from the UV rays and that, that man's years are, are longer. And, and you think of all the stuff that, that we deal with, um, you know, viruses, bacteria um, uh, it could be damaged injuries, hard work, the sun, chemicals, you know, all those things that we deal with now that, you know, in the garden, they weren't dealing with all those things. And then after they left the garden, everything just started going down from there. And after the flood, nosedive. And, uh, and that's where uh, things have ended up, and here we are today. So. And what do we live now? <laughs> it's like, you're, you're doing all right if you hit 80, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, that's our study for tonight. Next week we'll pick up in Genesis chapter 6. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that uh, you're so faithful. Lord, we see your faithfulness um uh, just uh, that you you would hold off on uh, any type of you know punishment and um so uh, so long suffering lord and uh, father that uh, we see the difference of walking with you and being taken into your presence versus turning against you and being uh, outside of your presence in a place of wandering we don't want to be there lord Oh, help us to just fasten ourselves to you. God, that you would hold us in your grip. We know that nobody can snatch us out of your hand. Help us, Lord, to be obedient and to follow you. Lord, we see a a sad story here. Just uh, more death, more killing. Lord, save us. Lord, save the church. Lord, help us to repent as a church. Save our nation, and and Lord, we do pray for a great revival, a great awakening. God, that you would minister. We need you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.